desire to do more for God, though our ability differs. Am I right or wrong? After we've done that, after we've brought the tithe, after we've given the offering, then the third thing that we have is the vow. This campaign has been built on vows. The, another word for vow is what? Everybody say it, it's the what? Make a pledge. People make pledges all the time. You make them in your life all the time. If you ever buy anything on time, that's what we used to call it, credit. We used to even have a layaway. You got to, they didn't even brought the layaway back now, that layaway thing. But uh, thank you, dear. People are still bringing their gifts, still doing that. But, but the vow is when you say, thank you, Brother Oswald. The, the, the vow is when you say, I don't have it all right now. I don't. But this is what's in my heart to give. I asked everybody to vow to give their best gift. But I laid it out there and said, if you can vow to give $1,000, do that. We had people who did that. We have people who've given them. We have people who have not yet given them. We are in... We have received 45, boy, I'll tell you, the world is exact. We've received 45.64% of our pledges. That means that we are almost 55% that we haven't received. Right? And uh, we want it. We want to be able to get that. We want to be able to meet the, the obligations that we've set. Um, we committed to our lenders that we would do certain things during this four-month period, during this 120 days. I committed that. No, we, we, we didn't have a meeting on it. We didn't vote on it. Um, the position that God has put me in, in this place and in your lives, has allowed me the opportunity to interface with these people and to... And so, therefore, 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 is that, is that Linda? Oh, you showed up. We thought you weren't going to be here today. Well, come here. Let me pray for you now. Don't be talking about what you're in. Let's stop what we're doing here for a minute. Come on. Praise the Lord. Somebody lift your hands toward Minister Collins right now in the name of Jesus, Lord. We speak to her physical situation. I know what it is to be in pain. Many of us do to know what have to press your way, push your way through. But right now in the name of Jesus, we speak supernatural healing. And more than that, the sufficiency of God's grace. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thank you for for being here today. Now, the vow, the vow, the vow means that I don't have it. I wouldn't have to, to pay a mortgage if I could buy the house in cash. I wouldn't have to pay a car note if I could just write them a check and take it off the showroom floor. I have to work out some kind of arrangements. Am I right? And we work those arrangements out in two things, beloved, in hope and in faith. Amen. Yes. Everybody say hope. hope. Hope is the what? 
of something good. When you, when, you, when you get that house or you get that car, your expectation is that you're going to enjoy it and you're going to be able to pay for it. Am I right? That's your expectation. You don't go in saying, well, in about four months, you know, they're going to foreclose on me. Yeah, I'm going to get this car, but I probably won't be driving it long because they're going to repossess it because I ain't going to pay for it. Even if that happens, that wasn't your expectation. Right? Your expectation and hope. The second thing is in faith. Faith is what? You believed that you wanted that car, that you wanted that house, that you could make it so you kept going to work. You didn't quit your job the next day. Now, wait a minute, hold it. Now, you might have lost your job, but you didn't go in there and quit your job. What kind of sense would it make for you to sign the papers for the mortgage or for the car note, then you show up the next day and quit your job and go home talking about the Lord will provide. I'll slap your face. The Lord ain't going to. God ain't got nothing to do with that. That's not of God. You got to work. Sometimes you had to do a little extra. Am I right? I do a little extra. So those are, those are what I talked about last week, the three dimensions of, of, um, of biblical giving. I, um, we are experiencing a failure of leadership. We're experiencing a failure of leadership. This is not going the way I planned or the way I hoped. I, I started this stage of my ministry here when we purchased this and relocated to this area with certain expectations. In my list of expectations was not failure was not stagnation. I started off with an expectation of growth and success. How come I didn't get no amen? Wasn't that the expectation that you had when you? I mean, when you started something, I didn't. And, 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 and I'm, one thing that I am is that I'm a realist. And, and here's the reality, that things are not going the way I planned, because I had a plan. And I I implemented that plan, and I've worked that plan, and things are not going the way I planned, and they're not going the way I hoped. Because I surely expected by this time we would have exceeded certain standards, we would have accomplished certain goals, and some of them we have not. Uh, There's two sides of every ledger. There's the assets, there's the liabilities, there's the income, there's the disbursements. There are a lot of wonderful, powerful, significant things about this church that honor God in in major ways, and a lot of them are intangibles. You you, you can't add them up on a sheet of paper. Uh, Like the prayer service yesterday. No, but 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 that's an intangible. And that's a product that most people don't want. Because if they did, the room would have been full of people. You got the people who wanted that. And because they wanted it, and because it's what God wanted, there was a benefit. 
Am I right? Yes, sir. Gerard, turn the air back on. My, my, my uh, seasoned ladies are getting a little. I didn't say old. I didn't say nothing like that. I just said that those, that those seasoned, those seasoned ladies. Because I get a little warm myself every now and then because I know how that is. So I, I ain't mad at you. I can't take it if it get too, get too stuffy. <laughs> the, the, uh, <laughs> no, but seriously, seriously, seriously now, seriously. Uh, what was I saying? No, Reggie, that was the last thing I said. That wasn't what I was talking about. Intangibles. <clears throat> Intangibles. <clears throat> we had one of the most powerful um, uh, PhD services. Prayer, healing, and deliverance. It was off the chain. But you know what that is? It's an intangible. The things that people can see and that they're willing to invest in are oftentimes the things that in God's eyes are of the least importance. We're doing all the things that are the most important to God. And we want to see a tangible response. Because when you pray, you want an answer. And, and, and usually we're praying about some <clears throat> tangible situation that we need to pray about. So it's a failure of leadership. It's my failure. I have to take responsibility for it. I can't, uh, I can't, I can't scapegoat anybody else. I can't hold anybody else responsible. It is my failure. Um, there are two kinds of leadership at my level. One is finding out what people want and leading them to that. That's the easiest thing to do. That's the easiest thing to do. If I find out that you want some ice cream and I take you to the ice cream place, that ain't no great leadership. You wanted some ice cream anyway. Right? But if you didn't want some ice cream and you kept saying no ice cream, but eventually we sitting up eating ice cream, that's some real leadership right there. It takes real leadership to take people where they don't want to go. Or where it's difficult for them. <clears throat> uh, I, I made this mistake in the natural. I've not tried to find out what you all want. I've spent my time trying to find out what God wants. I haven't surveyed you. I haven't asked you. I've simply been obedient to what the Lord said to me. Yes, sir. Uh, some of y'all have had to play catch up. Some of y'all got it immediately. It was clear. Some people didn't get it at all. Some people didn't get it at all. Some people got it quickly. Some people are kind of trying to play catch up to get to where that is. But I have, in, in the natural, I have failed in that because I have not been able to lead us to accomplish the goals that were set in the beginning in terms of our numerical growth in terms of our financial growth, in terms of our programmatic growth. We need people, and I want to reduce it to the lowest common denominator. We need people to do three things, and I'm not being crass about it. 
I'm just being honest about it. Can I just be honest about it for a minute? Yes. Not being crass. I don't want you to think I'm being crass, but I'm being honest about it. We need people to show up, Amen. write a check, and get involved. Amen. We don't need them to do one of three, two of three. We need them to do three of three. Amen. You don't help us if you just send your money. We want all the technology. I'm talking about if somebody, if somebody every week, you know, we say all the time, I don't care if they were sending a thousand dollars a week, wouldn't matter. Yeah, it does matter. It does matter because our being together accomplishes things. God, God can do more with us. He can do more with us than he can with you. God operates in community. He chose Israel as his people. He made the church his, that, that we're the community. And we become so individualistic, you figure as long as, you know, I'm satisfied and I'm pleased, you know, we don't really care as much about the community. So we need people to show up. When they show up, we need them to support. Because the, the, the obligations that we have are too much for any individual to handle. Matter of fact, next month, I'm assigning the mortgage note to the Malvos. And then the month after that, you tell Joe when you get home, y'all got next month's mortgage. No, that ain't going to work long. Somebody ain't coming back to church. I got no sense to know that. I'm not doing that. But all of us together, working together, can make that happen. Am I right? Our, ob our obligations are too much for any one person to handle. Because we all, we all don't, none of us have those kind of resources where they can do that, that I'm aware of. Uh, that's, that, that, that's the second thing. That's the second thing. And the third thing, we need people to get involved because when you get involved, you have skin in the game. You have a stake in whether it works or not. It matters to you because there's something that's going on there that means something to you. See, what happens without enthusiasm, the end result is boredom. See, we basically do the same thing every week. You know why? Because we're supposed to. We, we come here to praise. We come to pray. We come to proclaim the gospel. And we come to present our gifts. Those are the four things that we come to do. If you do those four things repetitively over and over again without enthusiasm, it becomes boring. It becomes uninteresting. And the people that it's become uninteresting to are the ones that had no enthusiasm for it. Some of y'all have enthusiasm for praise. Some of y'all don't. You avoid it. You make sure that you come to church at a time where you know that's over. Some folk have enthusiasm for prayer. The ones that get up and lead prayer, they're enthusiastic about it. Sheikah, Tony, they're enthusiastic. They, they believe in the power of prayer. And it comes across, they pray. 
Sherry, get up and pray. You believe in the power of prayer. You believe God is going to do something. Reggie, you get up and pray. You believe God. Come on. You committed to prayer. The people who lead in praise believe in the power of praise. But if you're uninterested in that, then that's something that you're not willing to invest in. We, we, we got to have those three things. We got to have people show up. We got a whole bunch of folk who claim a connection with the ministry who don't show up with any regularity. The Holy Spirit shouldn't have had to tell me that. I should have been smart enough to figure that out. But the Holy Spirit said to me, take your eyes off them. And stop spending a whole lot of time trying to get somebody interested in something who ain't interested in it. My problem is, Willie Bird, is the seeming lack of interest and oftentimes enthusiasm from the people who actually show up. I, I wonder what that is. If, if this is the group of people that's going to show up, we ought to be on fire. I mean, really excited about what God is doing. And too oftentimes, I, and it does, it's not a personality issue. Now, see, I used to say, well, you know, I have a different personality. No, it's something to make everybody holler. Okay, y'all won't get with me, see. See, y'all make a brother go the wrong way, see. There's something in life that will push your button. Whatever that button, there's something that makes your boat float. I don't know what it is, you know. But if, if it's not the things of God, if it's not the move of God, if it's not the presence of God, if it's not the power of God, then you ought to at least start asking yourself, where am I then with God? If none of that ever moved me. Because, you know, I, I get a chance to do something. Um, 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 Linda, come here. Come here for a minute. Uh, Ms. Harris, come here. Rose, come here. I'm just going to use three ladies right now. Come here. Okay, I want you all to stand where I stand. Now look at these folks. Look at them. They're they, they laughing at you now because they're nervous and uncomfortable, but everything. You know, you, you look at people and they look back at you. Sometimes you see blank faces. Sometimes you see people who have an air of disinterest. And then you see some people who are locked in. I'm just saying that if why show up, it, the folk who didn't want to be locked in didn't show up. Why show up and not cheer for the team? That's right. Yeah. All right. Tony Malvo went to the Rockets game on Wednesday, the playoff game. No, and he jinxed them. He sure did, <laughs> If he'd come to Bible study, they might have won. But he had a job obligation. It was an important yeah. his, his, his job. So I got that. And that's a good job. Take you to a playoff game. That's a good job. That, everybody say he got a good job. He got a good job. That brother got a good job. So he went to the playoff game. But he jinxed them. If he'd come to the Bible study and prayed for them. And, 
But I'm saying looking at people and trying to communicate with them is very difficult. Because for, for, this is how that I've gotten older and I've become more understanding about some things. A lot of times the way people are looking at you don't have anything to do with you. They're sometimes dealing with something else. And, and, and that's why you have the responsibility to ask the Lord to help you lock in. Because how you look, how you respond, what you do affects the temperature of the room. See, leadership is about responsibility. We think that leadership is about title. Leadership is not about title. It's about the fact I'm a leader in this church because I'm taking responsibility. So my attitude needs to be right from the time I hit that door. If it's wrong when I hit the parking lot, I got from my car to that door to get it fixed. And by the time I said, Lord, I'm going through some stuff. I'm not feeling my best. I'm frustrated about some things. I'm broke. I'm tired. I'm hungry. Whatever it is, Lord, for this time that I'm in your house, I need you to focus me on the praise, on the prayer, on the proclamation, and then allow me to present my gifts. That's right. Go young, sit down. Did Rose leave already? Oh, she's right there. I, I, I just, um, uh, funds people, count this while we're here, just go over there. Uh, Gerard, bring a table in here, just one of those tables, it helped him in a couple of chairs, and y'all can sit down over there. You know what, I, I just, um, I wish I could have the kind of conversation with you all that I have with you all when I'm at home. It's, it's a great conversation. I, I say a lot of things that really need to be said and they're said in the right way. I'm not mad at you, I ain't fussing at you, I ain't cussing at you, I'm just saying that, yeah, thank you. I don't care wherever y'all wanna sit, right up in here. Just right up in there. Right up in there. Let's go give them two comfortable chairs. Who? Sherry and Lynn. Sherry and Lynn. Come work over here. Okay? Okay? Thank you. Can y'all get by me? Thank you. Hey, man. They're going to bring you a couple comfortable chairs and y'all can't do that. Um, Is there anybody in this room that prays for this church? Is there anybody in here that has the desire and the courage to come here and tell us what your prayer is for this ministry? Some people don't like to talk in front of folk. I don't need a sermon. I just need you to get up and tell people, you know, what it is that you've prayed about this church for. Is there anybody that can do that? Eduardo. Eduardo been here 10 minutes. Some of y'all have been here the whole 30 years, and y'all ain't got nothing to say. This man been here 10 minutes. That's why I got, come on, where's the microphones? Help me, somebody. Where's the stuff? Okay, here, where's, where? Here. 
There you go. You get to use my, okay. Ms. Taylor gave you hers. Is it on? Check, one, two, here. That's okay, I'll give her, hand it back to her. I pray that God touches the lives of other people the way he's touched mine. And through this church, through this ministry. Um, wow. wow. My, my family always asks me, uh, how do they treat you there? You know, and they ask me in Spanish, of course. My parents, you know, they speak Spanish. Like, are they treating you good? You know, how do they, how's the, uh, the ambiance there? I'm like, oh, it's great. I, you know, I, I feel like, like they're another family, you know. So. You're an exceptional young man, I'm telling you. I don't, know, I don't know exactly what God has for you, but he got something. I pray that the Lord will touch other people's lives. Some, I'm looking at people out here who have been benefited by this ministry. If, if people who didn't feel like that they were benefited by it left. If you're here, I'm assuming that you've been benefited in some ways. His prayer is that God will touch other people's lives the way he's touched mine. Who else, has a, who else, who else can come and share with us what they've prayed about? Nobody. Nobody else is. Well, come on. Just, if you got it, come on. Isn't it interesting, all these new people are getting up. Uh, you know, okay, no, no, in a minute, I'm going to go to Scripture, okay? Go ahead. I pray that when I first came to Genesis, uh, it was a person that came and put a, a tag on my door. That's how I came to Genesis. I've always been into church, but I used to be in the choir, I used to be an usher and all that, and I just, for some reason, I just got lost to contact with God that I would like to have again. So that's why I decided to join Genesis. And I'm a singer, I'm an usher, I can do all those type of things, but I'm trying to make my mind up what, what God wants me to do. And I just ask that, uh, I know Pastor Wiggins is a great pastor and I just love what he says. And uh, this young man sitting right here on the front row had came to my home and put the sticker on my door. And that's how I ended up coming to the church. Evangelism, yeah. And I think that was like during the 1st of January of this, this year. So I told my husband, I said, just, just go and check it out and just see what it's about. But right now, I'm just asking God to lead me and guide me, tell me what he want me to do for us being a member at this church, because I have a lot of great talents. My husband has a lot of great talents. We're talented people. But I just want God to tell me what I need to do. And I know this is a great church because when the first time I came, I loved it. I came in on New Year's Eve. I celebrated New Year's Eve with, with, you, with you guys. Normally, I might have been at a club. But God sent me to church to change my life. And I was so, so grateful that he did. So I'm here to be a servant for God to do whatever I can do for anybody in the church. I'm a very friendly person. I have been taken the wrong way during my life, but it's okay because I know God loves me. And I love everybody that loves God. So I'm just so glad Pastor William, you and First Lady, accepted me to be a member at this church. Amen. Thank now, you. I got a confession too, then I'm going to give it over to this young lady. I had pledged $1,000. But as you all know that my husband is having surgery again on his foot. 
But what I did was I talked to God about it. I talked to my daughter about it. I've been just, my, even my people at the job where I work, I've been asking them. I got a little envelope. I go by them and get a little change from every time they get their little checks. And they might be like $5, 10 or whatever. So far, I have collected $200. Amen. But I'm trying to get the rest of the money. And I'm quite sure God is going to lead me some kind of way to do that. So I just ask y'all for your prayers for my husband, especially. He would normally be here with me, but he's in a lot of pain. Yeah. I got my brother-in-law at my house looking out for my husband because I did not want to miss sermon. And, and, you know, we've been missing on Wednesdays, and I love coming here. But I'm like, you know what, devil? I'm going to have to find somebody to keep my husband to why I go to Bible study because this is what I need. So that's the only reason why I haven't been coming to Bible study, Pastor, is because my husband has been in a lot of pain. So I just want the church to know that. Amen. Okay. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you, Sister Harris. Thank you. God bless you, baby. God bless you. God bless you, sweetheart. Shante. My prayer for our church is for God to set our hearts on fire again, that we will become like children again, the heart of a child, to be hungry for more of him, and that we will shine when we go to the grocery store so that we can bring, I'm talking about regular everyday life where they'll wonder, wow, what is it about her? What is it about him? And then that's an open door for people to come to church, how we treat others outside of the four walls. So that's my prayer. My prayer is that God will set our hearts on fire again. Sometimes we get tired in ministry and sometimes we've been doing this thing for a long time. I'm a PK, so I know all about it. I've seen it all from the top to the bottom to the corner, right, Lauren? To, I mean, all of it, but that we would really, really just be, have a zeal again, that we would want an intimate walk with the Lord, not just works, not just getting up here every Sunday doing things, not just workers, but really, really, really have our hearts on fire for Jesus again so that people will want to know who it is that we say that we love the Lord and who he is, you know? So that's my prayer. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Talk loud, then we need to hear you. And um, as I was driving here, it just hurt my feelings for the church. Was I hope I like the church? I will be back. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Are you, uh, are you saved? Have you given your life to the Lord Jesus Christ? You've been water baptized? Where do you live? Okay, where are you living now? I see. You walked over here? You drove over? You, drove, you got a car, right? Okay, come up here and join this church. Come the Lord sent you here. You didn't come here accidentally. And, and wait a minute, and, and, and the courage that it takes to tell your story. Because nobody would know that if you hadn't told it, but it took courage to get up and say, this has been my struggle. 
yeah. my fight. Yeah. And I believe that God sent you here so you can have soldiers to fight with you. Yeah. And you're not going to fight by yourself anymore. You're not in this by yourself anymore. Because the testimony that you made today, listen to me. A record was kept of that both in heaven and in hell. Yeah. And, and Satan hears what we say. And his desire is to turn it against us. He said, oh, she says she's been clean and sober for two years. I'm going to fix that. And we expect all kind of temptations and, and difficulties to come your way. But greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Lift your hands. Lift your hands toward her. What's your name, baby? This is Sister Denise Simmons. This is our new sister in Christ. And we thank God for her today. We got a lot of teaching to do. She got a lot of growing to do. Uh, I need help raising these children. You shouldn't put that on me in my old age, having to raise these children. I need some help. When I was young, I could raise them all. And I did, but I can't do that anymore. You know, it's a tough thing when grandparents have to raise their grandchildren. It's tough. And some of y'all have told the Lord, I don't want that. And told your children, don't bring that. I ain't trying to do that. It's tough. It's tough. And some of them, Lois, have had to do it. You've had to raise them. And I will if I have to. But they got, she got some older brothers and sisters that ought to be able to help her. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to take you out in a little bit. You sit right back there where you were. Now, wait a minute. While I'm, while I'm ministering today, brother, come here. Brother, you, right there. Yes, you. Come here. Come here. You. Yes, sir. Come here. What's your name? I see you coming in and out of here all the time. Why you come here? Why you come here? I see you come in here all the time. Why? Why? What you looking for? Okay. You're going through some pain. How old are you? Okay. Um, have you ever been water baptized? Do you, you know what I want somebody to do? And, and don't you leave early. You, uh, uh, nothing. I see you when you be getting up, get out of here. I got my eyes right on you. Don't you go nowhere. I, I need a couple of brothers to sit down and hear this brother's story. Doggone it. Some of y'all got to take some time with somebody. You can't be the first one out the door. You know, the first one running. Somebody, and, and, and it can't be women. Somebody need to sit with this brother and hear his story. And if necessary, lead him to the Lord. Because God keeps sending him here. He just shared with me some of the pain that he's going through, some of the difficulties he's going through. But God ain't sending him here accidentally. And it is a, and y'all don't understand this, it is a compliment from heaven when God sends us people with baggage. He's saying something about us. He's saying, I can trust Joy Genesis with them people. They're hurting. 
Because some of you all in here over the history of this church came in hurting. Some of y'all, since you've been here, you got hurt. And God has seen you through. Tell me your full name again. Okay, how you say it? Chris. That's Brother Chris. Okay. Uh, matter of fact, matter of fact, uh, Brother Larry, Brother Larry, I want you to sit with Brother Chris. I want you to sit next to him, okay? Brother Larry, go ahead and introduce yourself. Because, uh, Willie, you got space back there somewhere? For them to sit there right behind Mother. Right behind Mother, Larry. Right behind Mother. Y'all go over there and sit there. I want you to sit with him. Larry's a good man. Amen. And he's patient. And, and, and you, can't, you can't deal with people who got issues and not be patient. Amen. You want them to hurry up and get with it. It ain't like that. They're dealing with something. Everybody, now, I'm almost done here. I, I know this is, now we're not streaming today, and I, 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 I didn't stream because I wanted to talk with you all. Turn to, uh, turn to Galatians 6, the sixth chapter of book Galatians. I want to, I want to, huh? Who? Come here. Yes, ma'am. Come here, son. I'm sorry. I didn't see your hand. Is this part of the Oswald family? What's your name, son? Okay, how old are you? Fifteen. Why you come up here? Um, because I want to say something real quick. Good morning, church. Okay. All right. Brother Curdy, and I have something to announce real quick. That's my beautiful family over there. That one over there, she's Sarah. The baby's Noah. The father's Oswald. That beautiful young lady over there is Lachey, and that's her son, Elijah. Okay. And Lachey's birthday is Tuesday, May 8th, so I just wanted to get that out there. Make sure y'all see her. Give her a happy birthday, you know? <laughs> Give her a little hug, kiss on the cheek, you know? And yeah. All of y'all look lovely today. Beautiful faces, new faces, and you know what? I like you. <laughs> okay, we didn't found our MC for events. The next thing we have, because he ain't got no shame talking. I like people like that. I like people like that. Now, tell me about now. Y'all came up when y'all first became partners. How old are you? Fifteen. Fifteen years old. That's a very articulate and assertive young man, if you're going to be successful in life, you got to do that. What you want to be one day? Um, I want to be a lot of things. Name one. Um, entrepreneur. Entrepreneur. Yeah. Okay, entrepreneur. You're going to be a, a good entrepreneur, not a bad entrepreneur. Because they got all kind of entrepreneurs, right? Okay, all right. I got to make sure he gets, he's not here today, but we need to make sure he gets with Ovid. Ovid is an entrepreneur. We need to make sure he gets with Ovid. Get this young man a hand clap. I appreciate you. Thank you. I like that. Did y'all go to Galatians 6? Do not be deceived. Seventh verse. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. Galatians. Galatians is right before Ephesians. Somebody say, where is Ephesians? Galatians is right after 2 Corinthians. Where's 2 Corinthians? It's after 2 Corinthians, as your president says. 2 Corinthians, which is right after 1 Corinthians. Did you find it? Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. 
A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature, from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. This is what verse 9 says. Let us not become weary in doing good. The, the King James says, be not weary in your well-doing. But this is what it says. Let's not, there one translation says, don't get tired of doing what's right. Now, the Bible wouldn't tell us this if that wasn't a problem. Some of y'all sitting there looking at me, many of you all in here have been here and been faithful and been active for so many years. You get tired. You get emotionally and spiritually tired. You're always going to be, the world will physically tire you out. But you get tired in the kingdom of the things that you're doing. It says, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. That money? Is that your money?